I couldn't break away from this one. It's just, I've thought about it and I've thought about it and I've thought about it and I've read it and I've read it and I've read it and I've thought about it. And, and we often hear Joel preached. And uh, if you've read anything of Joel or you've been to church for any length of time, you, you've heard sermons and um, exhortations of God will restore to you the time and uh, maybe you haven't maybe I need to go through that maybe we need to have Sunday school this morning we'll just have Sunday school class and we'll go over God restoring the time that the locusts have eaten the time that you think have been stolen from you and but I didn't want to get back into that so I wanted to go more into a time of refreshing because the time of refreshing came before the time of restoration came. And uh, so I want to go through a little bit more of a new day in Zion. I believe that the Christian body may be standing in a time of refreshing or a season right now, but because we don't recognize certain things we don't get to experience have you ever have you ever wondered how you could talk to different people that's been to the same church service that you were in and when you talk to them throughout the week they heard something differently than you did and they told you how great the sermon was and how much it ministered to them and you're going what how did you get, this is what I got. And then you start comparing. It's all in what you can recognize at the moment. If, if, if you are keen and you are submitted to God's spirit, there's a lot of things that we would experience that we don't because we miss those moments. Um, God sets them up for us. I think God's... I, I think God has a planner for each and every one of us, and our days are full. And uh, I just think quite often we miss whole days with God because our calendars have been consumed by other activities that, uh, that may supersede the activities that he desires for us. If you've got your Bible, this is going to be more of a teach. I don't know if you're going to have a preach because this is weighing on my heart. And when it weighs on my heart, I just don't know where I end up going. I can get a little compassionate about it. and I get extremely compassionate about the times of, of refreshing, especially in this context that I'll be talking about this morning. Because <laughs> this is after a second trumpet had sounded. And, uh, well, we'll get there. Joel chapter 2, I want to start at verse 18. And I'll read through. Tommy, I don't know how far I'll go. Just go with me. <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. 
the Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil. And you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. But I will remove far from you the northern army and will drive him away into a barren and desolate land. Somebody ought to be like just flat out shouting because there's been an army sent your way, but because of then the Lord will be zealous for you. He is driving out the northern army and he's driving it to a desolate land. I mean, if you've got anything that's driven to a desolate land, it's not going to get fed, so it's not going to grow, and it won't achieve what it was sent out to achieve. <sighs> Cancer was on your way. <laughs> See, because you've not experienced... You can't rejoice. Man, sickness was at your doorstep. And then, God. You went to the hospital for a cold, they found something else. Then. See, we were caught up because we had to go to the hospital. Not really understanding that the whole purpose behind that was so something could get recognized, so the miracle of medicine... Come on. See, y'all just think that all miracles have to be supernatural... We don't give God enough glory. Do y'all know this thing up here? Well, if we, ain't no wonder he won't let us use more than 10, 12% of it for the genius people. Because if we could use 15 to 20%, we'd probably mess this whole thing up, boy. We, we'd be running crazy. Because we'd have it all figured out. With his face toward the eastern sea and his back toward the western sea, his stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. Fear not, O land. Fear not, Zion. Fear not, church. Amen. Amen. Fear not, you. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. See, I want to go, but I don't.
we become afraid because of, you fill in the blank. Everyone in here at one time or another has feared something in their life. Everybody. There was an ache, there was a pain, there was a sickness. Something. Something brought up fear in your heart. And God's saying, don't, listen to me, don't fear. Because whatever it is that's driving fear to you now, I've done great and marvelous things before this. So I'm sure that what you're having to deal with now isn't outside of my realm. Don't, don't fear, old land. <laughs> Rejoice, because if I if I've done it before, <laughs> oh, just because you didn't see me act on your behalf in this manner, I'm gonna lead you to somebody. This is why it's important for you to give your testimony. Just because you haven't seen it in your life, guess what? I got somebody that went through it. Come over here. I want you to talk to them because they're going to minister through their testimony. Don't, church, don't fear. Rejoice. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up. It's not that I'm calling y'all a beast or anything. (laughs) And the trees, the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, And rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former reign faithfully. That was... (sighs) When you were planting your seed... He was making way for it to produce because he give you the former rain. The former rain was during right when they was getting ready to start planting and sowing their seed. That's the former rain because that would soften the soil, allowing them to work the ground. Come on, come on. God, God's put things in your life and he's, he's made some circumstances a little easier for you, you 
than what they should be so that you could work the ground, so that you could work the ground, so that you could begin to start thinking differently, so that you wouldn't be hung up in your, in your pain and your agony and your despair, but yet you would see love and hope and joy. And you would begin working the ground and you would be sowing seed. Not only would you be happy about what you've seen and be joyful in what you were seeing around you, but you would share with others and you would begin sowing seed and God would be sending the rain so that that seed that you sowed, it's the former rain. And he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat. (laughs) God, I would love to get into that right there. The threshing floor shall be full full. Here's another perspective. God's given you an opportunity again. What is full to you? See, my full ain't your full. My full is running over full. I want it to be full and running over. That's the only way I know if it's full or not. That's if it's just like putting gas in the tank. If it ain't coming out, it ain't full. (laughs) So what is full to you? He said your threshing floors shall be full of wheat. I want it so full of wheat, I can't even walk in to thresh. See, y'all think you think too small. Man, why ain't God working? Because you ain't thinking. You ain't looking for it. You're not making way for the grand. Man, you're just hoping to get by. Come on, ain't, come on. Some of y'all go, man, I'll just be glad when this week's over. Come on, help me out. I'll just be glad when this week is over. Not that, man, I'll be glad when I come out of this week rejoicing and hopeful again and vibrant and full of energy and ready to take on the world, but I'm just hoping that I can get by. Come on, have you ever been there? Come on, I'm sure we've all we've all walked in this thing, man, kicking that package that we shouldn't be kicking when we work for never mind. And then when we walk in down and we're just <sighs> Man, we're just tired. God, I'm just tired. If I can just get through, if, if I, God, <laughs> if I can just make it through this right here. <laughs> just make it. He said your threshing floor will be full. Amen. You, you see, you know, you know, you know, you don't understand what the grain is. That's your problem. Oh, man, if I could walk you back to Deuteronomy real quick. He, he tells you something kind of cool. Because it talks about you bring your tithe of your grain to the store. 
Never mind. You don't see, that's why I want my wheat to be full on my threshing floor. Where I've worked, where I got to go to work, I want there to be an abundance. (laughs) Then, back to to verse 18. Let me me stop. I I can't, I got to stop. Then, verse 18, then, starts out then. Then. I said, when then? That's what I ask. See, I don't know what you ask. I ask, when then, God? That's what I asked when I read it because I seen then. I said, when, when then? See, it's just, it's, it's, it's a prophecy. <laughs> it's a prophecy of relief and, and blessing that's coming to coming to Judah and, and it's 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 a then. It, it it basically tells me that it's 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 then. It's it's when then something takes place and then Something happened, and then. Anybody, anybody ever written English papers? I hate them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but when you're writing the papers, don't you do them? Don't, don't you have this? Uh, let me use a big college word on you, sequence. Don't you have this sequence? First, second, and then, Finally. Then, when is your then? The, the, this prophesies without a specific time referenced. There, 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 see, your then may be different than your then. Your then may be different than your then and your then. There's no specific time. There's just a prophecy (laughs) of relief. Then. When's then, God? Don't think I'll... Look, I said it 150 times if I said it once. When's then? I needed it. Y'all might not need it this week. I needed to know then. When, when's then, God? Is it now? <laughs> it prophesies an era in which both physical and spiritual needs will be met. Spiritual and physical needs Amen. will be met. Amen. You're sick? Then. You broke, then. You don't feel good, then. You want to be closer to God? Then. Uh-oh. That can take me back. See, that can take me back to the first blow of the trumpet, which was a warning. Oh, come on. We, see, we've all, we all walk the same Christian walk. I, I hate to 
bust anybody's bubble that thinks you're way above the game. You walk in the same walk I'm walking, brother. There's a horn that blows, and it's a warning. Anybody in here ever had a warning? Yeah, he. Let's try this again. It's like being in school. Anybody here have a warning? See what I mean? See how easy it was? Participatory. But we all walk the same walk of Christianity. There's, there's that trumpet that blows and we hear it. Man, you, you, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> and you still walk in the same walk I'm walking. Because you still did that. Anybody in here ever had the second trumpet blow? That was, that was the trumpet call for repentance. That was the time that, that God come crashing into your bedroom while you was trying to sleep and waking you up at 3 a.m. and saying, boy, girl, come here. I need to talk to you for a minute because the Bible says that if he loves you, he, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, listen, I, I don't like using the word punish. Right. I just like the word correction. I don't, I don't believe that God punishes his people. His children, now he'll punish those that aren't. But I believe he corrects. And then here it comes. All because you wouldn't listen to the first trumpet. Oh, you heard it. Just wasn't listening. That's what I tell my kids all. <laughs> You heard me. You just ain't listening to me. That's why. That's, <laughs> that's your then. I blew the trump. Boo, boo, boo. I, I held up red flags. I put up neon blinking signs that said, no go, don't go, don't do. And they said, oh, dad, you're old. And they did. And then there come another trumpet. Because they had to come home and say, dad, you was right. But you're not any different. You're not my child. But we have the same father. He he does the same to you. Yes. <laughs> What's the word? I can use my right and left. Ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. Okay, sir. And be dexterous. Okay. Whatever he said. <laughs> Next week I'll bring him up to translate. Because all I can give you is redneck dictionary. That's all I can give you. Aren't you glad that's who we serve? Is an ambidextrous. God. Not he he doesn't just use a hand to correct you with but while he's using this hand to correct he's using this hand to bless cuz see you don't you don't get it you don't understand cuz see he could take both hands on some of y'all and just draw <laughs> Well, he make you eat backhand front hand I'm glad somebody in here don't think that they're perfect. (laughs) 
that's what God's doing. That's what, that's what God's doing here. He said, Judah, listen. Wake up. Get your stuff right. Get it right. Get it together. If you don't. <laughs> it'll be a new day in Zion. It won't be one that you want, but it's going to be a new day in Zion. It says that God, God will be zealous. That's it. He, he broke it out and said, the Lord will be zealous. <laughs> the Hebrew language here can also be understood to be present rather than future reality. <laughs> I'm not going to be zealous for you next week. I'm going to be zealous for you right now, right in the midst of it. I, I know I just had to pop you on the backside. Just had to smack your hand, had to pop a lips. But I love you so much. I'm so zealous for you. And I'm going to give you a time of refreshing. Bring you right back in here. Let you come sit right next to me. Let me love on you for a minute. We don't have to talk about what you've done. That's the difference between Christian and Christ. Christ don't bring it up again. Christian bring it up all the time. You can't love on each other without saying, well, they said, you know. <laughs> That's that subconscious of yours that he had to write instructions on how to overcome that. And how we overcome that is by focusing and meditating on it day and night. Not focusing and meditating on who done me wrong. Not focusing and meditating on who hurt me, who said what, who did what. We got to focus on what God said in his word, and that is, Peter, forgive. Seventy Time seven. I'm, I used to try that out. Because I put you in a book. Mm-hmm. I did. Well, I'm just telling you how I was brought And I, if you didn't walk according to how I thought you supposed to walk, you were going to hell. And I was telling you so. None of y'all ever do that. You never look at somebody because they cuss and go, well, they're going to hell because they're cussing. Oh. oh. Huh? Now, I'm not condoning it. The Bible says get rid of that. The Bible says to take it out your mouth. But does that make that person any less saved than you are if he's already accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior and he's working on some stuff? Because you're still working on stuff, but your stuff. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, God, oh, God's grace allows you to work on your stuff in private and fail in private so that he don't put you out publicly. Come on. <laughs> That's good. Oh. See? Spitting in the face of grace again. That's what you, listen, every time you judge someone for their faults and their failures, that's what you're doing. You're spitting in the face 
of grace. You looked at God and went, I can't believe you let him do that. That's exactly what you're saying. Truth be known, what if God put your business? <laughs> this is why I love serving God, because he loves me so much. He is so gracious. Sometimes I'm hard. I can't blame God for exposing my ignorance. Because he gave me ample opportunity. Trust me. God gives you ample opportunity to fix you in private. If you don't, don't you get mad when somebody comes to address you of your wrongdoing. Well, that's it for that. I won't be preaching here no more. Because we don't like to be corrected, man. If we wrong, we don't want nobody telling us we wrong. We don't understand humility. We can't walk in humility. Or we have a sense of false humility, but we can't walk in humility. See, humility is getting that $10 and going, man, I really wish they wouldn't give it to me. Maybe this person needs it more. That's humility. False humility is, oh, no, don't give me that. <laughs> I want a double cheeseburger. <laughs> and listen, I'm not saying don't take your blessings because, okay. I just want to give you some kind of ideas so that you can look and weigh some things out. So that you can go, oh, that's what that means. That's where that comes from. Hang on, I'm, 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 we're going to go backwards here in a minute. Verse 19 said, I will send. Okay. A new day in Zion. We talked about a new day in Zion. The new day in Zion came when? It came when Jesus died on the cross for our sin, was buried, and raised again. New day in Zion. That's a new day in Zion right there. That's a new day. No longer are you slaves to sin. That's a new day in Zion. No longer, no longer do you have to fear. No longer do you have to worry about the tribulations that may face Virginia. Because right. I ain't. Right. Never mind. Not politics. No longer do you have to worry about the divorce. When, when he died and rose again, he gave you all power and authority to overcome. Doesn't mean it won't happen. He said overcome. That means you're going to have to fight some things. But are you equipped here? Or do you just come to church? New day in Zion. Jesus. Watch. 
He said, I will send. With me? I'm not. I got lost. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, anytime you see God saying behold, that means, hey, give attention to, pay attention, don't, don't miss this. I will send you grain, new wine, and oil. Anytime you're reading God's word. You should always be reading it with an understanding that this thing is taking you and leading you to Jesus Christ. Okay? Both ways. Revelations back, Genesis forward. It takes you to Jesus. Both ways. So when you're reading this, you're always looking for Jesus. Okay? I will send. He's talking about a day of refreshing. Amen. <laughs> He's talking about a day of refreshing. I will send. Look what he sends. Yes. Grain. Yes. Tommy, take me to John 12, 24. Sorry, I didn't give it to you. John 12, 24. Most assuredly, this is Jesus. Should be in red. Why is that in white? That should be in red. I'm just, this is Jesus speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. I would... In a day of refreshing, I will send grain. See, the, these are elements of a covenant. Amen. Jesus is, he is talking about his death. He's telling of his death. Unless the grain, if I don't die, there ain't nothing I can do. But if I do, <laughs> your threshing floors will be full. <laughs> First Corinthians twelve twenty five, Tommy. Twelve twenty five, First Corinthians. Then you can go to Luke four eighteen. You might want to write that one down. 1 Corinthians 12, 25. No. Did I tell you wrong? My fault. Don't y'all get on Tommy after church. I see how y'all look at him when he replays songs and stuff because I sent somebody back there to tell him. Why did I tell you 1225? I'm sorry, Tommy. Go to 1123. No, 1125. 1125, not 
See, if, if they're wrong, I'll still cover them. It's okay. Don't worry about it, Tommy. I'll still get you a burger or something one day. It ain't your fault. 1125, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. This cup. It's my blood. New wine. New covenant. His blood. I'll send you grain and new wine. New wine is Jesus' blood. He said, this is, this is the cup right here of the new covenant. This, this right here, it's a new wine. This is Amen. my blood. That's right. God said, I'll send you in a day of refreshing. In a day of refreshing, I'll send you. This is why I'm telling you, it's vital to know that you're in a day. Amen. Oh, my God. Church, you're living in the then. You'll get it. You, you, you. Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. This is Jesus again. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and to recover of sight of the blind or to the blind. To set liberty to those who are oppressed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The oil, oil all through the Bible represents Holy Spirit. He, God said, he said, in a day of refreshing, then, then I will send you grain, new wine, and oil. God loves threes. Three elements of a new covenant. You're living in the then. But what if? This is where we're going to back up. Because y'all already know how I do this. I don't preach you salvation without responsibility. <laughs> I don't preach prosperity without work. So I'm not going to preach a new day. Look at this. Let's go back. Joel. Two. Tommy, start me at verse 12. I'm almost done. You got, you got the understanding of the then, right? You, you understand now what the refreshing is? The refreshing is Jesus. You were hoping... You were hoping for a day of rest. That's Jesus. He is rest. All those who are weary and heavy laden, 
Verse 12. Now therefore, this is, remember we talked about that first horn blow and the second horn blow? Here's your second horn blow. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. The tearing of the garments was traditional. I mean, it, that's what was, that was the evident, the evidence of mourning. That was that was evidence of repentance. It was tearing of the garment. We went into a new day, Zion. We went into now Jesus. He, man, I love how he foreshadows this so many years before. Rend your hearts, not your garment. He's saying, don't be superficial. Don't, don't you dare come into my presence and rip your clothes at the altar and go and live how you want to live. He said, rend your heart. Tear your heart open. See, Jesus didn't make it easier. He made it harder. And everybody says, well, if you just accept Jesus, man, wrong. You accept Jesus, you go get bloody, brother. It's going to happen. He said, rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. He, he's not in it to hurt you. He's saying, look, look get, get rid of the stuff. Come back. Let me pour out my, my mercy. Who knows if he will turn and relent? And leave a blessing behind him. <laughs> I, come on. Man, I wish I could have been taught something like this when I was growing up. Because I was always taught, man, if, you, if you're bad, you're going to hell and God hates you. He's going to beat you. You went into church with your head tucked, your tail tucked, scared to move, scared to sneeze, didn't want God to recognize that you was even in the house. And here he's saying, who knows? Man, he might, he might turn around and go, hey, there's a blessing for you. <laughs> really? God is so much farther beyond anything you can ever imagine. Amen. 
You think he's big? He's bigger. Amen. Oh, you think he's loving? No, nah, he loves more. You think he forgives? He is forgiveness. Man, we're talking, we are talking about this cat that can't nobody come close to. He's so big, tall, wide, broad, the whole deal that he has no enemy. Y'all think Satan's his enemy. Satan. Read the Bible. The Bible said they seen Satan come out of the sky like lightning. I right, come on, that wasn't really a fight, was it? <laughs> the Bible says he's your adversary. You got to work. <laughs> but when people say the devil, Number one, you better be called, you better be anointed, and you better be ready. You better be God up. Not armed up. Not word up. You better be God upped. You better be all up in God's business at that point in time in your life. See, you don't you don't know. If you've never experienced you you don't take too much of this to heart. Can I tell you a little story? Small story? Not a story, it's truth. It's an account. See, don't judge me. See, they judge me because I put them in my mouth. I brought it just for you today. Let me tell you this account. Because I want you to understand something. Your adversary has power. That's why most Christians fall. Because they don't understand he's got power. The other side of that coin is they don't understand they have authority. Authority trumps power. We won't get into that right now. Just hang on. I got hooked on a book. They've heard it a million times. But I got hooked on a book. It was called The Power and Purpose of Prayer by Miles Monroe. I got hooked on a book. I couldn't read the book. I studied the book. I took the book, and I studied the book with the book. And I got engrossed. I could not put that book down. I got engrossed. I was reading one day, y'all all know the scripture, pray without ceasing. This was probably a little more than halfway through the book when this certain scripture came up. And I've been so engrossed in this thing, man, just wanting to understand the power and the purpose of prayer. That's why I got the book. As I'm reading, I read that scripture. Pray without ceasing. And before I, before, listen, before you speak, before you open your mouth, open your mind, think about what you're going to say before you, because if you don't, it's going to get you in trouble. I said, well, come out, God. How can you, 
Because, <laughs> see, I preach this. God will never ask you to do anything that he doesn't empower you to do. I preach, I believe that. Well, dummy me, how can you ask me to pray without ceasing? You slept on a ship. There wasn't this much space between our conversation. I said, how can you ask me to do such a thing when you yourself slept on a ship? He said, do you want to? I mean, immediately. <laughs> Before you open your mouth, think. Because immediately, I said, yes, sir. And for three days... I didn't sleep unless I was praying. And she'll vouch. Wake her up praying in tongues. Praying aloud. I'd go to sleep praying, and I would enter a dream praying the same prayer. It was as if that prayer did not ever stop. It was continuous. And it was three days. I had a job. I was working. Constantly consciously praying three days couldn't sleep dude go to bed go to bed 11 12 o'clock at night and getting up at one and two and having to pray until four and five and having to get back up at six and seven and go to work and praying all day all night i had more energy and i had more about my wits than i ever had and that I ever have since. <laughs> Why y'all laughing? Y'all crazy as a June bug too. But I'm telling you this because I want you to understand this part. Immediately following the fourth night. I went to bed approximately 1.30, 2 o'clock. I'm in bed, and it's about 3.30. I get awoken. And fear stretched my body. I wouldn't even open my eyes. Listen to me. I just come out of three days praying. And I stretch my leg across my bed looking for my wife. <laughs> because what it was sat on my bed beside me. I know y'all don't believe this stuff. I'm telling you now, if you believe God, you better believe in the other side. You know how it is when somebody sits on the edge of your bed and it kind of makes you roll? I rolled and I stopped because it stopped me physically. Scared out of my mind. I was prayed up. I was a warrior for the king. And I got challenged. And after I found out that my wife was in the bed, 
you didn't give me a spirit of fear, but one of power and love and a sound mind. I stood up, and as I walked down the hallway, it literally compressed against my chest. And I had to walk with everything in me to make it to the living room. It was literally holding me back because it knew. It knew. If I made it where I had intentions of making it, it wasn't going to be able to stay. And I made it to my living room. And three hours later, it lifted. Three hours. I'm telling you, the enemy has power, but it does not have authority. I don't care what you struggle with. It, oh, he's got power to make you second guess and, and to worry and to fear. But he doesn't have the authority to make you accept it. The Bible wants us to receive what's already been done. That's why, that's why he went and he said, listen, don't fear. Do not fear. I've done miraculous things. Don't fear. I got it. We forget the authority that we carry in Jesus. Do you under Do you understand that you are a representative of Jesus? You have his authority. Uh-oh, that's, I've seen a religious dude just go, <laughs> You've got his authority. <laughs> the Bible says that we have been raised up in Christ Jesus. And we are seated. Yep. We are seated. In Christ, at the right hand of the Father. The right hand, authority, government. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you have the authority to overcome any day you face. You have to choose to do it. Right. Amen. A new day, this, you're in the then. How in the world did I get there? Who knows? This is verse 14. That wasn't what I said. That's what the Bible said. Who knows? He just answered me. Who knows? If he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the, are y'all listening? Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from the chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priest who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. You do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them why should they say among the people where is their God then Amen. Amen. then Amen. 
God's saying, man, if you, if you can get a hold to this, if you'll come out of some of your ways, if you'll repent, if you'll sacrifice, if you'll fast, if you'll pray. Man, if you'll get over here between the porch and the altar, the porch and the, right in front of God's glory. Because see, now it's not the old day priest. You're a priest. Get between the porch and the altar. Cry out for your brothers and your sisters. Quit talking about them. Cover them in prayer that God may give them time. It's a new day. You're in the then. This is then. Not now. This is then. If we'll get to this point. That's why half of the church will experience the then and the other half won't. It's because the other half won't go back and see what has to be done then. Man, God's covenant in Deuteronomy said, it, it, it was the blessings, man. If you'll do this, then I'll. <laughs> we don't want to hear that, man. We won't, even, we won't even be as so bold to preach that from behind the pulpits that says that you have a responsibility, that you have an accountability. <coughs> he said, if you'll do this, then. And if you'll do this then, right in the midst of your pain, right there then. We got to get past some stuff, church. We're wanting to celebrate the then. We're wanting the new day in Zion then. We're wanting all of that then. And it's already in the now. And we don't recognize it because we haven't went and done anything. Moses, what you got in your hand? Throw it down. You, you got to do something. Joshua, have them stand in the water. You've got to do something. Go and dip yourself seven times. You have got to do something. Believe in your heart and repent with your mouth. You've got to do something. And you're waiting on the then. And you don't even recognize it's your now. But because you. I know it hurts some people's feelings when I say you. I want you to get it. I want it to burn in your heart when you do what you should do. And it's no different 
It's no different. Your children misbehave. Well, I can't speak for all parents because some of you just let your kids do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it, man. They'll scream back at you, holler at you, and disrespect you and dishonor you and the whole nine yards. You think it's funny. It's not funny. That is the beginning. It's a seed of rebellion. Pastor getting on, getting on, and. You don't let your children just do whatever they want to do and come to you and get whatever they want. There's a responsibility. Yes, you're my child. Yes, I will make sure you're fed. Yes, I'll make sure you got clothes. Yes, I'll make sure you got a roof over your head. But you want what? <laughs> Do you see how you acted? And you want what? Now, see, my kids are a little older now, so the only thing I can hold over their head is church. I'll just go, I ain't see you at church. They, look, they know where I stand with that. It, it, it ain't religious. I don't want them missing an opportunity to hear a word from God that will change their life for Amen. eternity. Amen. And all it takes is one word. One word. It's not a religious duty. I better quit before I get in trouble. Am I done? <laughs> I'm done with this. He, he said satisfied by them when he said that I'll give you grain, new wine, and oil, you will be satisfied by them. <laughs> your husband can't satisfy you. Your wife can't satisfy you. You don't believe me? Go listen to some people. Go to LB and Lasagna's house this evening. Don't let them know you come and put a glass up to the wall and go like this. You'll find out that one of them done, done something wrong. <laughs> Most cases, it's going to be LB. <laughs> We look for satisfactions in the things that nurture our flesh. And he said, in these things, you'll be satisfied. In Jesus, you'll be satisfied. Proverbs 27, 20, or 20, 27, you figure it out. It's one of the two. It says that the only two things that are never satisfied are hell and man's eyes. Can you believe that? Think about it. Every time your eyes see something good, it wants more, don't it? Come on, church. That's why I married my wife. Hello. She ain't blushing, trust me. You'll be satisfied in him. In Jesus. That's your new day in Zion. Jesus. But remember, there's a then. Don't you, don't you walk out of here and get so jacked up on the then that you forgot about. There is a then. There's some stuff. Get it. Get it. You think God blessed you last week? Get your life right and watch him double it. Amen. Well, he'll double up on stuff on you all the time. 
He, he, matter of fact, he was so bad in the day that he went all in. He died for you. So I prophesy to you this morning. There is a time of relief. It's in the then. How much longer will you look and not see it? Because you refuse to do something yourself. You can't expect God to do it all for you, man. He'd done it all. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Then is a time of refreshing in him.